to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, welcome, church. Good to see each of you. I want to say a big welcome to our audience online, our church online. We are grateful to you. Uh, you join us each week, and I'm so grateful that you join us each week, faithfully join us each week. Uh, so this morning, doing a message called... Um, Basically, ordered living, okay, our spiritual order. There is a order, a spiritual order that God has put in place. Uh, and, and I believe uh, that this church, the church doesn't get this. They don't understand this, I believe. It's not taught enough. And what I'm trying to do this morning is I want you to see a principle that God has put in place, that God made, okay? It is, it's God's plan. And if the church would understand this, it would save itself so much pain. Because I believe that part of the fight that we have and the struggle that we have as a church is that we don't understand the spiritual order and how God made us. God made us with distinct parts, and he made it that way for a reason. And that's how he communicates. That's how he relates to us, how he speaks to us. And, 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 and I believe that many of the church, a lot of the church doesn't understand it. And so it's always in uh, kind of a, a war with itself, a battle with itself, because it almost at times feels like you fight against what God's trying to do because you don't understand the order in which he created and what he wants to do in your life. And so this morning, I simply want to speak on spiritual order. The first truth I want you to see is that we are spiritual beings having a temporary physical experience. That's what we're doing. We're not physical beings having a temporary spiritual experience. See, we're, we're only here for a little while. Bible tells us that we're, we're just a vapor. We, we appear and then we're gone. And it happens fast. You blink and it's over. But we are spiritual beings having a very temporary physical experience. This is not our home. We are passing through, right? But we are not, uh, we're not physical beings having some temporary spiritual encounter, okay? It, we're not. So I want you to go to your Bible, go to 1 Thessalonians. If, you, if you're wondering where 1 Thessalonians, if you go to the Old Testament first, you're in trouble. All right, 1 Thessalonians is in the New Testament, right after GE Power Company, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, okay? Some of y'all will never forget those four books. If you remember it, the GE Power Company, okay? Go right after it is, is Thessalonians. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I want you to see spiritual order in the Bible, okay? Because order in, is important in Scripture, okay? Some of you may never understood spiritual order, may never even heard of spiritual order, 
okay? For that, for that reason, today is going to be life-changing for you because you're going to walk out different than you walked in because you heard the truth of God's word in spiritual order. So go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, look at verse 23. I'm also going to read 24, but 23 is the main text. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord and Jesus Christ. Verse 24, and the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Look at the order. Look at the order. The whole spirit, whole soul, whole body. You and I are made up of three distinct parts, spirit, soul, and body. Can I say something to you? That is the exact order that they're placed. That is the exact emphasis they should take. There's an order in scripture and it needs to be the order for our lives. We, we sometimes and oftentimes mix those up and that's what gets us in the pickle that we're in sometimes is we, we flip them, okay? And we're gonna look at the order, why they're set the way they're set because every one, every one of us who has that order set and we understand the order, if we walk in those truths, if we walk in the order which God set, we will be blessed. But if we fight against it or get them out of order, it's gonna be messed up, okay? We'll get messed up. So God creates us with three distinct parts. Here they are if you're taking notes. Number one, a spirit that must be redeemed. A spirit that must be redeemed. We have a spirit that must be redeemed. It's restless, okay? It has to be redeemed, okay? And we'll talk about it in just a little bit. Number two, a soul that must be restored, a soul that must be restored. And number three, a body that must surrender. And woo, that is tough. A body that must surrender, okay? I want you to see the slide behind me. My guys are awesome, all right? So I'm gonna play the optometrist for a little bit. Let's just say we got the eye doctor and they sit you in a chair and they put this shape on the wall. And I wanna ask you, church, what is the largest object on the screen? A little bit louder, just in case. Thank you. There you go. Spirit. Second largest object? Smallest object? Body. Amen. There's a reason that the spirit's larger than the soul and the body. Why? Because it's first in Scripture. We are what? Spiritual beings. Most of the world gets this backwards. We chase the body. We chase the soul, and then we say, huh, we should go to church. Wonder what God says. Oh, I know, pray. We should just pray. Oh, we should worship. It's not an add-on to your life. Spirit is your life. Does that make sense? It is your life. And so many believers even in the church, don't know the order. They don't even know that 1 Thessalonians 5.23 even exists. Don't even know it. This is not a principle taught enough. 
we get it out of order. We don't even understand the principle. And that's why we go out into a world, and guess where the world goes? The world goes here, woo, and the world goes there, and the world's like, I don't know that. And we live in a world, okay, it's not our home, but we're passing through. And the world is beating us to death in the body and the soul. It don't give a fat fart about spirit. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I just think we're just hanging out, right? What I'm saying is they don't care. The, why does the world care about spirit? The world doesn't care about spirit. The world doesn't even know about spirit. Going to know one day when the eastern sky opens up. The world going to know big time about it then. When the king comes back, gets to church, he'll know then. Oh, yeah, that's that spirit thing they were telling us about. <laughs> Little late, all right? It's over then, all right? So let's break it down one by one, okay, and understand what it's all about. So first, the spirit. Go to Colossians, a couple pages over in my Bible, all right? Back to the left, Colossians chapter 2, the spirit, verse 9, Colossians 2, 9. If you have your own Bible today, I hear some some pages, and I love that. If you have your own Bible and a pen or pencil or anything to write with, I'm gonna give you some things to put boxes around. You need to do that because it's very important in the scripture, all right? Verse nine, for in Christ, and that's the first box, in, you're in Christ, in Christ. That's a big deal. We'll talk about it in a little bit. All the fullness of the deity lives in body, bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, woo, you better underline that. I, fullness in Christ, okay? Who is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised in putting off the sinful nature, not with circumcision done by the hands of men, but by circumcision done by Christ. Having been buried with Christ in baptism and raised with him through faith in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. Here's great news for you. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that raises me and you to salvation in Christ. That's the same power. He said, well, Jeff, that's stretching a little bit, buddy. That's probably a different power. That dude was dead. He was like dead, like a mummy dead, wrapped up in a tomb, like dead. I'm sorry, before Christ, we're just dead, like dead, like dead, like mummy dead, like wrapped up dead. You understand? Before Christ, I can sing. After Christ, I can worship. Dead man sing, saved man worships. You can't worship what you don't know. Mm. That needs to land somewhere. You know what I mean? I, I, I can't get this until I'm raised. Oh, I can read it. A buddy of mine, one time at Blue Sky, we were talking about it. He said, before I got saved, the Bible was like a newspaper, just a whole lot of print. But after salvation, it came alive. Woo. Amen. I don't get the Bible. Hmm. Ask yourself, has God ever gotten me? 
Because if you've been gotten by God, you get the word. If you ain't been gotten by God, you may not ever be able to get the word. Amen. The spirit is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. I was once dead in my transgressions, but now I'm alive in Christ Jesus. I can do nothing apart from Christ. Mm. I am, if I will confess my sins, he is rich to save me, okay, from my sins. If I confess from my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart, Christ raised him from the dead, I shall be saved for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Spirit wants to live inside of us. Ever been to a wedding? Weddings are beautiful. Take a dude, take a chick. Take a man and take a woman. God said in his word, it's not good for man to be alone. <laughs> and all the ladies said, amen, all right? We know that. We don't ever get too big for our britches. We understand that is in the Bible for a reason because it is not good for man to be alone, amen? And thank you, ladies, for bringing fullness to our lives, okay? But what I'm saying is you take a man and a woman, two different people, and they get married in holy matrimony. And God says one and one will become one. You ever raised teenagers as parents yet? How many of you have already raised teenagers or have teenagers? You don't raise teenagers and successfully get through teenage years unless mama and daddy are one. Mama in the kitchen, 16-year-old asked mama a question. Hmm, I don't like that answer. I'm gonna go see dad in the garage. Dad, I'm gonna ask you a question. Boom. Ugh, that sounds like mom. Ugh, I don't have a chance. I better get under them. That's how it works. You go out to eat, you see people, old people go out to eat. They've been married like 50 years. They pick up their napkins and forks, knives and spoons and drinks almost at the same time. Everything almost looks the same. I'm like, this is like a mirror, man. They can do everything together. You get married for 50 years and you'll do everything together. Amen? Except the bathroom. That's off limits. But what I'm saying is that you just become one, except for that moment. You just become one. Amen? Why? Because you spend so much time together, you almost look like the other person, act like the other person, smell like the other person, think like the other person. Spiritually, you become alive in Christ. If I stay in Christ, I what? I look like him. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Same thing is true. When I give my life to Christ, my spirit and Christ's spirits become one. I'm now married I'm now the bride of Christ. When he comes back, he gets the bride, the church. I am the little church. We make up a corporate church. This is a building. It's staying here because it rots. We have been redeemed because our spirit was once dead. He wasn't gonna get that spirit. He don't take dead things to heaven. Live things go to heaven. So what happens, he gave me life. He breathed into me the same way he made me. He says, from the ground man came and back to the ground man will go. But God breathed into him through my nostril, gave me life. Same thing what he did. He breathed into my spirit and made it come alive. Made it come alive. The spirit is the linchpin. It is the biggest thing. In each one of us, when God made us, every one of us are made the same. We have a God-side void in our heart. We have a hole. It's there for a purpose. You know why? It's supposed to occupy the spirit of God. It's what it's there for. 
So we grow up in this world, and the world throws all this stuff at us, and we try to plug all kind of stuff in there. Jobs and money and girlfriend, boyfriend, cars, house, toys, sports, muscles. We do all stuff. None of it fits. We get all that stuff, and we're still not satisfied. We're still empty, still hollow, still don't know what's up. And then one day we meet Jesus. And we ask Jesus into our heart. And he comes in, and he's perfect fit for the heart. And hit that spot that he made, he feels. And all of a sudden, what? We have hope and a purpose and a meaning. We know. We, 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 he sustains us. We, we know who we are. Because in each one of us, no matter who we are, man, I'm telling you, you have that hope. And you can, feel, you can try to feel it all the ways you want to. You can say, well, I, maybe if I just go to church. If I go to church, I'll, 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 I'll get that whole field. No, you won't get it filled at church, okay? Now, going to church is a good thing, but you can go to church and miss God, okay? You can go to church and meet religion, and religion will help you meet, miss God. See, God doesn't want you to go to church and find religion because he's not about religion. God's about relationship. He wants you to go to church, meet Jesus, and become a personal relationship with him. That'll change your life. There's some people that are in search of God that go to church and leave worse than they were when they got there because religion's just man's attempt to get to God. But God's already made that way through Jesus. And if that ends that void is through Jesus Christ. So the spirit, the spirit, Jesus lives in me, okay? And I'm in him. The spirit becomes one. The soul, let's look at the soul. Our souls are made up of three parts also. Number one, the mind, which thinks and reasons, okay? That's why Romans says, do not be conformed any longer to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your minds. Why? Because if you don't transform your mind, transfer your mind, you, you don't have the mind of Christ, you got in this world, this world will mess you up. Mess you up. Wrong is right, right is wrong. What? That was never the case before, all right? It'll mess you up. You gotta have the renewing of your minds, okay? That's why it's so important. I mean, one of the greatest things you ever teach your children is to flush the toilet. Just telling you, especially after number two, because if you don't flush after number two, it starts to stink. And after a while, it doesn't just stink in the bathroom, it stinks all over the house. You have got to flush. And one of the things you have to do as a believer is you've got to renew your mind daily from all the junk out there, okay? You've got to flush your mind or you will live out of stinking thinking and stinking thinking will bleed to stinking living. As simple as that. You got to flush, man. You got to flush it with the word of God. That's the only way to get it done. So your mind is part of your soul. Also part of the soul is the will, which gives us the right to make choices. One of the greatest things he ever gave man, mm, it's a beautiful thing, right? It is choice. No other creation gets that opportunity. We have the choice. We have the choice to accept Jesus and follow him. But a lot of times our choices lead away from him. There are consequences of those choices. We are products of our choices, good or bad, simple. It's not anybody else's fault. You make a choice, you have to walk in the choice you've made. Your parents always say, you make the bed, you gotta lie in it, all right? I used to do stuff and my granddad would say, self-inflicted pain gets no sympathy, correct. If he tells me that fire is hot and I touch it and I burn myself, he just looks at me and says, told you. 
wow, you're so sympathetic, so loving, like Jesus, thanks for the hug. I'm like, seriously? I mean, that's it. I bet that's how he said it. I've told you once, fire's hot, don't touch it, all right? That's what happens, all right? I mean, it's how coaches do, you know what? So, number, so you got the mind, okay, which has got to be renewed, and you got the will, which gives us choices, okay? We've got to make sure that by the transforming of our minds, we're able to test and approve what God's perfect will is, all right? His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's how you see it. Number three on the, on the soul is emotions. Now, trust me, emotions will get you in trouble. How many of you have your emotions ever gotten you in trouble? Thanks for honesty, and the rest of y'all just lying, okay? <laughs> lying in church. Emotions have got to stay in check. They gotta stay balanced, okay? They've got to stay under the spirit, okay? Because the emotions will get you in trouble. It's what we believe, feel, and remember, okay? What we believe, feel, and remember, I mean, our emotions, the soul is made up of the emotions. So what we believe, listen to me, you can tell me that, 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 that God is this kind of God, but if I believe and know that he is a good God, you can't convince me otherwise. Listen, you can attack my beliefs, but if my belief of who God is is grounded in the word of God, it is an anchor that holds, man. You cannot change who God is. It's who I believe. It's what I believe. I mean, look at, look at feelings. Feelings is a big thing right now because one of the questions that, one of the things that's coming out of school in the last several years is we ask children, so, so when somebody does something to them or says something to them or something happens to children, we, we say, so how did that make you feel? I'm like, oh, Lord, help. Everything in me to stay in the saddle. I'm like, oh, Lord, that's a terrible question to ask. Don't ask that question. Because you make their feelings trump everything else. It's all about feeling. Listen to me. I never, ever, 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 ever had a coach that asked me how I feel. Anybody else? Hey, Ponder, give me 10. Well, coach, listen to me. I just don't feel like it. You know, I had a tough sixth period. You wouldn't believe the things that were said about me in sixth period. And, and they just keep giving me these looks, coach. Well, Ponder, I understand. Come over here and sit down. You don't have to do them a day. No. I mean, he'd go upside my head. He's like, give me 10. And for that statement, give me 11, all right? I mean, we never, don't check feelings. Feelings will lie to you. Feelings will lie. They will lie all the time to you. If all you want to do is, is live life based on how you feel, you're gonna be in trouble. If your son or daughter comes home to you and says, well, the cheerleader said I'm fat and I can't jump. Okay, honey. That, I don't wanna know how that made you feel. I think that's pretty obvious based on your face, okay? So what's the word of God say about you? What's the word say? I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. All of God's plans for my life have been written in it and no one can, what God says about me is more important than what other people say about me, right? What the Father said about you? What's the word say about you? What's truth say about you? You don't, ask, you don't want kids to go living their life based on feelings, because here's what happens. If you have a 14-year-old that bases their life on feelings, okay, that everything has to happen good in their life for them to feel good about themselves, you're putting a whole lot more meaning on what people say than what God says. There's always gonna be people that say things about you and not like you. 
That's just part of life, man, part of life. Bottom line is, what does God say about you? Here's what happens with people that base their lives on feelings. Over here, they've been praying about something, and God didn't do it. And somebody's going to come up beside them and say, how does that make you feel about your God? Well, I think my God's terrible. My God should have done that. I prayed for that. Or, or I feel like God did this, or I had a plan for my life, and this should have happened, and this should have happened, and this should have happened, and none of it's happening, and God's too late. And I, I, it makes me mad that God's late. God's late. God should have done this already. God should have done this already. And that's how I feel. And what happens is that feeling that you were taught to always express, you express towards God. And now you don't like God because he didn't meet your needs and he ain't on time. And you see him as late and he didn't do the job. And let me tell you something. God is good all the time. All the time God's good. He's never late. He's always on time. He never leave you nor forsake you. He will always fight for you. And when you're sleeping, he's battling for you. He's fighting for you. Listen to me. God can be trusted, God is good, and he always will be good, and it's not based on your feelings. There's a lot of days in your life that you're not gonna feel like worship because you feel like your God's been bad. I'm gonna say something to you. When you don't feel like worship, that's when you ought to worship the most, okay? Shavrat, Meshach, and Abednego said, listen, King Nebuchadnezzar, you can do whatever you want to me and to us, but we won't bow a knee because we believe our king is greater than you. We will only worship our king. You know how to worship in the wilderness? You worship when you don't feel like it. Because let me tell you, a lot of life is when you don't feel like it. But it doesn't change who God is. God is still God and worthy of worship. So listen to me. Don't raise a generation of people who base everything on feelings because feelings will lie to you. And you'll take those feelings into God. And you'll hold God out. You'll hold worship from God. You'll hold everything from God. Why? Because you feel like God just didn't do you right. Listen to me. God's working his plan in you even though you can't see it because that's what God's doing. If you'll just trust God and worship God and make much of God, God will absolutely blow your mind what he has for you. But as long as you're gonna sulk and hold out on God because you don't feel like God loves you and he's not on time and he forgot about you, then you're gonna miss out on what God has for you. Don't base it on feelings. And last is remember. The emotional side is what we believe, what we feel, what we remember. The greatest weapon the enemy has against the church and against the believers is short-term memory loss, Alzheimer's for believers. We forget what God's done, man. We forget how good he's been. He tried to take that away from us. So that makes up the so. Last one is this, the body. The body's a temporary house. Genesis 2-7 says that God made man from a dust and back to the dust he goes, okay? We talked about it earlier. Psalm 139 says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God made each one of us. He ordained our steps. He's made us. We are his. He created us. He is the great creator, okay? He made us. This body that he gave us is a temporary house. It's an earth suit, amen? It's a shell. What this shell does, what this body does, it contains the spirit and it contains your soul, okay? That's what he does, okay? And that's what our body does. And we spend a lot of time, we spend a lot of time right here, okay? And there's nothing wrong with that. Listen to me. God gave you the body that you got, so you gotta take care of your body. Exercise it, eat right, work out, do, do the right things for your body. Why? Because we're the hands and feet of God. And if our body's not in good shape, we can't go be hands and feet of God. So take care of your body. Why? Because it's a temple to God. It houses the spirit and it houses the soul. But don't worship your body. That's a billion, billion, 
billion dollar industry and the world knows it and it pumps all of it into the body. Listen to me, you can chase all of that if you want to, okay, but you won't stop time. You won't. Your body deteriorates, I'm sorry. Under every stretch is a wrinkle coming, all right? I'm just telling you. Every muscle does sag. Gravity is true for every one of us, okay? Don't spend all your time chasing body and forget that you're more than just your body. Body's the smallest part of what God made you. Body's small, so second, spirit most, okay? We'll get to all that in just a little bit. Body's very important. All through scripture, you see God reference the body, a body of discipline, okay? A body of order, okay? That's why he has military uh, words all in scripture. We're warriors, okay? Uh, we're in a fight, okay? We talk about weapons. Why? Because he knows that a disciplined, military-like mind and a military-like person, that's a, that's a, that's a big deal. So be a man of woman of discipline. Be a man of woman that, 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 that handles your body well, that takes good care of your body, okay? Don't make it a temple and you're taking care of your body. It's not about you. It's about him because you wanna be what you need to be so you can be all that God wants you to be. So take good care of your body, all right? So yeah, so how's all this work, Pastor? There's a lot of stuff there, okay? I'm gonna tell you how it's work. I'm gonna tell you better how it's supposed to work, okay? So our spirit which is now one with God. So we get saved and our spirit and God's spirit become one, okay? So it becomes basically the uh, control center, all right? The spirit calls the shots in our life and the soul and the body follow. That makes sense to you? Again, let me do an optometrist. Largest thing on the screen? Spirit. Second largest? Soul. Next, the smallest? Body. Who's the biggest? Biggest thing leads. Amen? Biggest thing has to lead. The problem is in the church and out of the church, smallest thing is leading. Then the body is all about the body. It's all about the soul. Listen to me. That's why we get jacked up. It's because the wrong thing is leading. Okay? You can't let the body and the soul lead. You're designed by God to have the spirit lead your life. Everything through Christ, everything through Christ, everything through Christ. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, 33 says. Seek ye what? First, all right? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord and lean not on what? My own understanding, but in all of my ways, all my ways, I will trust the Lord and he will direct my steps. Don't trust in your own self. Don't trust in emotions. Don't trust in anything else. Don't trust in feelings or all this other stuff. You trust what? Right here, word of God. We'll talk about feeding in a little bit, okay? The spirit of God must lead and the soul and the body must follow. Listen to this statement. What we give the most attention to will become the most influential. I'll say that to you again. What we give the most attention to will become the most influential. You feed your body all the time, guess what? Controls the house, the body. How I look, how I feel, clothes I wear, uh, all this other stuff, that's what drives us. When we do this right here, guess what happens? Mammon, woo, mammon comes ugly, it gets ugly. Money, 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 money. That's what happens. If we feed what? The soul, the soul takes over. What's the soul got in it? 
Oh, the soul's got mind, will, and emotion. Mm, you want them to drive the train? I don't think so. Drive you off cliff, all right? You can't do that, all right? You gotta feed the spirit, why? You gotta feed what's most important, and it will come, become the most influential, amen? So the spirit can only take the lead if you feed it more than the soul and the body. You become what you feed, all right? You feed the spirit through the word, it becomes the biggest, it, 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 it drives it, okay? Students always say, why we got a youth camp and, and I have this great experience with God and everything in my life is so wonderful and about two weeks later, I go back to my same habits. I wonder. You spend the week with God away from girlfriend, boyfriend, phone, away from all your other stuff and you focus and you're intentional about the Father and He speaks to you and He grows you in worship. That's why. Because whatever we give our most to, is what becomes the most influential. That's as easy as that. Why does it die down when you come back? Because you put all that other stuff back into your life, and it can't. The world around us is constantly feeds our souls through the things we see, things we hear, and our bodies. Our body, if it's starved, it makes known that they are hungry. If your soul and your body are starved, it makes noise that it's hungry. Okay, your soul cries out to be fed. Your emotions cry out to be fed. You want your way, your selfishness, your pride cries out. If you get hungry in your body, how many of you know when you're hungry? What does your body do when it's hungry? Your stomach what? Growls. Or if you have hangries, other things growl, okay, with your stomach. But you, your body cries out. It, what happens is it wants to be fed. The opposite is true about our spirit. If we don't feed our spirit, guess what our spirit does? It gets quiet. It just gets quiet, man. You know what the enemy thinks quietness is from the believer? Agreement. Oh, you're not gonna fight? The Bible tells you to fight. You're not gonna fight? Why aren't you fighting? Why are you laying there like a you know, wet pretzel? Because my spirit is starved and I haven't been feeding. I can't even fight. I need you to fight, Dad, for your family. I ain't got no fight in me. Why don't you have no fight in you? Because I ain't been eating. You gotta eat so you can fight. Because the enemy says, I've come in to kill, steal, and destroy your wife, your children, your family, your home. And Dad, you gotta eat. Mom and Dad, you're gonna be married for 50 years and look like each other, walk like each other, and talk like each other. You gotta do what? You gotta eat. What you feed grows. And what you don't feed does not grow. You know what happens to us? We spend a whole lot of time feeding this and feeding this. And we go, oh yeah, we should see what God wants. No, you should see what God wants first, okay? Because then you don't have to worry about feeding soul and body. God take care of all that. You ever been in a workout place? How many of y'all join gyms and work out? Huh? You ever seen those guys? <laughs> you ever seen those guys? They got them little bitty bird legs, but they got them big old bodies. They walk in. Don't have to worry about where they're going. They're going to the bench press or they're going to the curl rack. They ain't going to the squat rack. All right. Why not going to the squat rack? Because it hurts. They got little bitty legs. They spend all their time in front of the mirror with the curls. 100-pound curl, that's what I'm doing, 100-pound curl, all right? I mean, they're all about it, all right? What you feed grows. 
Amen. The problem is for many of us, we feed the upper body, but we got no leg strength. And when the enemy comes and knock our house down, we ain't got nothing to stand on because we're not feeding the foundation of our life. The foundation of our life has got to be the word of God and it's got to be the spirit. If you spend all your time doing your little curls, you ain't ready for the battle that's in front of you. Don't be like those guys at the weight room, okay? You want your body well-fed and well taken care of. You cannot put all your attention just in your body and your soul. You, we talked about what it houses. The Spirit of God must drive the train. It must be the house that calls the shots. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. Don't be chasing body and soul. That's why we have to say so many times, and, and I was gonna preach on Psalm 42 today, and God said, no, 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 we're not gonna do that yet. We're gonna do this first. Because in Psalm 42, David has to do what? He has to preach to his soul. Because in Psalm 42, David says these words, oh, how downcast, oh, my soul. My enemies say to me, where is your God? See, sometimes we gotta preach to our own soul, man because our emotions and our feelings say nothing about God, but our spirit has to come alive and we have to speak to our soul to remind them God's good, that God is everything he says he is. So listen to me, church, this morning. It's a principle you may have never heard, but as long as we chase the body, the body's gonna get bigger. As long as we chase and feed the soul, soul's gonna get bigger and more dominant, okay? It's gonna override the spirit. But if we will chase the spirit, the things of God, the word of God and worship and all that, if we'll chase it, the spirit inside of us will grow and it will become the most dominant force in our lives and it will begin to drive everything else. And when our emotions try to lie to us and deceive us and trick us and sell us bad things about God and about the church and about people, we can go back to the word of God and say, no, that's your thoughts, that's your feelings, that's what you think God is. My God is good, my God's faithful. My God's trustworthy. Why? Because my spirit's bigger than my soul and the body. Where are you today? On your test this morning for your own personal life, how do you shape them? What's bigger for you? What's bigger? Body, how you look, soul, feelings, emotions, personal will, do what you wanna do, or spirit? What's your autometrist test say about your life today? It has to be spirit, soul, and body. Can't be backwards, okay? I'm gonna invite you to stand, church. As we move to a time of ministry, I'm gonna invite our ministry teams, prayer teams to come down to the front at this time. Listen to me, church, right now, beyond anything else, you've got to decide, you've got to know what's the driving force in your life. What, what are you spending your time feeding? Whatever you feed becomes the most influential in your life, okay? If you want God to take the prominent role that he needs to and deserves in your life, then you got to feed him. You got to feed your spirit. If not, the soul will take over, man. The body will take over, Okay? What is the most influential thing in your life? It's whatever you're feeding. It's whatever's speaking all the time, okay? It's what I always heard, all right? So right now, if there's never been a time in your life that you've given your life to Christ, 
and you can't fight spiritually because you have never been born again, this morning, you come to a good house. You come this morning and give your life to Christ just like that. If you're so in body or driving the train and you know it should be spiritual, then just confess what needs to be confessed and put in place what needs to be put in place, okay? So as we pray, you do as the Holy Spirit leads. Father, we love you. Grateful for the time together. Grateful for your presence and your spirit, God. And God, we know that you have set these three distinct parts in our lives, spirit, soul, and body. And God, I pray that in our lives individually, they have to be in right order. God, you set the order and we gotta align our lives to you. And God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would illuminate anything that needs to be readjusted in our lives so the Spirit will always be the command center and the most important thing in our life, the biggest thing, because it's the most influential. So God, we love you and we thank you and we praise you. God, I pray now that your Holy Spirit would draw your people out of obedience in Christ's name. Amen. Let's worship together. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.